Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Here we are, episode 20. I hope you've enjoyed these podcasts. I certainly have. They're going quick. Here we are. I mean, we're at episode 20. I can't hardly believe it. If you've enjoyed these, and if they've helped you in any way, I'm going to ask for your help. Would you please jump over to iTunes and leave a rating and review, preferably a five-star review, and then a or five-star rating, I should say, and a five-star review. Uh, Paul C. Maxwell over at the Self-Wire Phenomenon says that's important, and if Paul says it, generally, I believe it. And so if, go, go check it out. It just takes a couple minutes. iTunes, rating, review, and then share it with as many people as you can. If there's other pastors that you think would benefit from this, we'll then pass it along. That would be really helpful. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to do a follow-up episode today from last week's episode, which had somewhat of a provocative and maybe even a misleading title because money problems and identity problems don't necessarily make you a bad pastor, as some of you have stated. But I'm going to do some follow-up, and I want to expand and clarify a few points and then throw out a little bit more evidence than just anecdotal evidence uh, about some of those points and then go in and talk about baby boomers and power. Let me pray, ask for the Lord's help, and I'm going to trust that he's going to give it. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your grace and your mercy that's upon us right now. Our identity is secure in you. You're the, you are the power that we need. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to you, and we trust that all authority and power on earth has not been given to us. And so help us to avoid... Uh, making the same mistakes, some of the same mistakes of our predecessors, and help us to learn everything we can from good baby boomer pastors and leaders. And I trust right now you're going to help me clarify my words, and I pray this content would be just tremendously helpful for people. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, clarify and expand some thoughts from last week. First, clarify. My comments last week were not intended to be about every baby boomer pastor. That's why there was a caveat at the beginning saying that I'm going to speak uh, about some generalizations and some caricatures about boomers. It was just some broad stroke comments about you know boomers with money and with identity. And some of the reasons for church planting over the last 10, 15, 20 years are really natural just because baby boomers have been scared of young leaders because they've seen young leaders as a threat. Because there's so many baby boomers who need a paycheck. Not all, but many baby boomer pastors who have left a wake of damage have done so because they see ministry as a job and then they see it as their identity. I am a pastor. That's what they, that's, they just viewed themselves in that way. And I have some articles. I did some research after this week and at the suggestion of some friends of mine. And I just want to read an article from the Baptist Courier by a gentleman named Butch Bloom. And the title of the article is Pastors Are Getting Older and Delaying Retirement. The exact same thing that I'd said last week, which, again, results in young pastors needing somewhere to lead. It's not just younger pastors that are impatient or immature that's leading to all this planning. It's because of statistics like this. And here's what he says. According to a Barna Research Group study recently, the median age of Protestant pastors is 54 years old. Yet in 1992, the median age of Protestant pastors was 44. 
The graying of American pastors isn't the, an immediate problem, as older pastors' experience and wisdom remains a rich resource for churches. But it will become an issue as boomers age out of the pulpit and fewer millennials are opting for traditional church paths. It continues on. Monty Hale, a church development leader in the Southern Cal- South Carolina Baptist Convention and former director of Convention Pastoral Ministries Office, he talks about the Barna, stu- the Barna study and numerous reasons for the shift, which began early in the late 1960s. The average life expectancy in 1968 was 66 years old. Today it's 76. Also, the number of pastors who chose ministry as a second career or called to ministry later in life have been increasing over the last 20 years. Finally, the recession that began with economic crisis of 2008 had a negative effect on retirement plans, and many pastors of of traditional retirement age are not able to walk away from regular paychecks. Hale noted that many pastors have not saved well or paid attention to their retirement accounts and are now finding themselves in a time when they may have to live up to 30 years past retirement. So in South Carolina, they're experiencing the same problem. Pastors, boomer pastors, who are holding on to position because they have to for a paycheck. They've not done a good job of saving. And what I wanted to challenge younger leaders with last week was to learn from that, to not make those mistakes, to save, to don't be the kind of guy when you're you know, 60, 70 years old who's just holding on for a paycheck. It's happening in South Carolina, and I think it's happening in other other states. This is just a problem everywhere. It's not just here. It's not just a figment of our imagination. The money problems of boomers trying to retire and identity of many boomer pastors, it simply is a problem. And this week, I want to talk about power. I want to talk about this problem of power, of identity and power going together in baby boomer pastors. But first, I want to give a positive example and just say that I have learned so much from really good baby boomers. One example is my friend. I sat across the table from him at Hardy's a few years ago. I was serving in a church, and this guy was phenomenal. He was 65. He had his PhD in political science and was a professor at Southern Illinois University, a research institute that's in our town and had just done some amazing things. He was on the Reagan administration in the 80s, and this man sat across the table from me, and he said, Jared, I've only been a Christian for about 10 years, and I just want you to know, I have so much to learn from you. My goodness, young pastor, what would you do if a man that age with those sort of credentials looked at you in the eye and said that he had so much to learn from you? Well, okay, here's what happened to me. There was an impulse in me that rose up that just said, I want to be like this man. This this is a man I want my sons to learn from. I didn't have sons at the time. I was probably 30 at the time, 30 or 31 at the time. But I wanted to be like him and learn from him because here was a man who was wanting to learn still. He was teachable. He didn't only want to teach me things. And because he wanted to learn from me and because he had remained a learner, I wanted to learn from him. He was healthy. He was secure. He wasn't holding on to power. He was a godly man. And I wanted to be like him. I still do to this day because he's a really healthy, godly, baby boomer man. Here's the problem. Men like him are few and far between. And young, young pastor out there, you know that's true. You know that's true. There are not many older men like that. So what's the deal with power? During the last election, there was a situation, last Southern Baptist Convention election, there was a situation that I think is representative of a problem, not just in the Southern Baptist Convention, of which I am a part of, but I think many denominations have these same sorts of problems. And during the 
Steve Gaines, J.D. Greer dilemma that, that was well publicized. There was a younger guard and an older guard that were kind of nervous about each other. And in 2016, there was the split vote between these two about who was going to be the president, the next president of, of the SBC. And both were representative of two different groups, baby boomers and these younger leaders with J.D. Greer. And during the 2008 election, I put out, during some of the shenanigans that were going on, I put out a tweet that read like this, and I think this will be helpful for you to kind of understand where I'm coming from. I said, we need more baby boomers who recognize their generational sins. What's happening in the SBC right now is a macro version of what's been happening at every FBC church in America for the last 20 years. Boomers, comfortable with a certain church culture, wanting to keep power. I'll put a link to that tweet in the show notes so you can read that again. But what was represented there is what's been happening all over the place, all across this country. It's this idea of power and of holding on to position. Another article I read this week that was helpful came from the Christian Examiner, and it was by a guy named Eric Bridges. The title was Boomers and Millennials at Church, Who's in Charge? And he talks about this generational logjam that's happening right now with the boomers holding on. Some, some boomers, again, not all, but some holding on in millennials who have either planted churches or who are you know, looking for these positions of leadership. And here's what he says. There's a generational logjam. Millennials, between, millennials number, uh, number more than 80 million people right now in this country. The oldest of them have entered their mid-30s and want the ter- their turn at leadership in companies and social institutions. They became the majority of the U.S. workforce in the year 2015. More than 28% of working millennials now fill management roles in business offices. Churches, however, tend to change more slowly. The baby boomers still want to hold on to much of what is sacred to them. Catch that. Much of what is sacred to them. Millennials, however, are fed up with bureaucracy and structure. Now, there is this tension, okay, that's the end quote. Baby boomers still want to hold on of much of what is sacred to them. It's this idea of power and holding on. Another example from a different pastor, a different leader in this church that I was a part of, was a man who one day we went out again to eat, and he looked across the table at me, and he said, Jared, I think a man should be 40 years old before he is an elder. 40 years old. You heard me. And I heard him write, 40 years old. That church had a majority of elders, actually all of their elders, were over the age of 65, or over the age of 60, which is unhealthy. As is a church whose elders are all under the age of 30. Our church needs some older elders, for instance, if we're going to be healthy for the long haul. But a church that believes that elders have to be 40 before they're leading, let me just say this and let it kind of hang out in the air a little bit, that church is on the path to death unless God does a miracle. But the reason things like that are said, a man has to be 40 before he leads in the church, is because people, older men, are wanting to hold on to power. They're not letting go. And if that's your belief, young leaders will find a place to lead. They will find a seat at a table somewhere. If it's not your local church, it'll be the church across town or it'll be the church in the town over, one town over. Young leaders will find a place to serve and lead because they care and love people. 
They don't just want power. They're not just arrogant. It's it's not just because of their generational sins that they are trying to lead and to serve. It's because they actually love people and want to serve. And yet there's this power structure. And what happens so often from uh, positions of power in with many of these baby boomer uh, churches and leaders is that they demand respect from younger leaders, all the while not giving respect to young leaders. They, They demand patience and integrity And yet they don't model patience and integrity. They model impatience and conniving or slander. And I'm painting a negative picture here because, again, I'm talking about the caricature. And young leaders, you know exactly, if you've been at traditional churches, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There are generational sins. And where are the baby boomers who are calling out the generational sins of their generation? There are many older people calling out the sins of younger generations, Generation X or Millennials, and we need to rightly learn from those criticisms because so many of them are right. But where are the boomers calling out their generational sins? Because even yet, right now, there are so many churches, the wake of damage is happening right now, and young leaders are getting hurt and harmed by older pastors who are just holding on and are power-hungry. And as ludicrous as it would be to say that you found an arrogant baby or arrogant millennial pastor young leader it's as it's just as ridiculous to say that you've not met a baby boomer pastor who wants to hold on to power and who's pushed people away it's just as ridiculous the only one of the only boomers i've heard actually talk about this is leonard sweet on an episode of in the room uh, podcast with ryan hughley a couple years ago i'll put a link to that in the show notes it's really good and he talks about in there as a baby boomer how baby boomers have screwed so many things up and it's not the baby boomers like my friend I referenced earlier. It's the baby boomers like the other man who said you have to be 40 until you can be an elder in a church. It's, it's those sorts of leaders who have caused the damage. And so how can we positively learn from the negative? We want to positively learn from the positive of older pastors, but then we want to positively learn from the... We, we don't want to make financial mistakes, and we don't want to make the identity mistakes, and we don't want to make the power mistakes that many boomers are making right now. So what do we do? Well, here's a suggestion. Young leader, if you want to have a healthy church over the long haul, if you want to be a part of a healthy church, a healthy ecclesiology is going to require us to have elders at the table who are in their 20s. You heard me right. Elders at the table who are in their 20s. Qualified biblical elders in their 20s in the church. The 20s is such a crucial decade. Don't hear me say exclusively in their 20s. We have to have multi-generational elder teams. But if you want to be a church that's healthy for the long time, long term and don't want to be unhealthy as you grow older, then avoid getting elders your age and then growing old together because you will have the exact same sort of power struggles in 30 years that churches are having right now. The 20s is crucial, and then the 60s and 70s are crucial, the generations that are above you. 50s, 60s, and 70s. Young pastor, as you age, we have to have men who are older than us and younger than us at the table making decisions. If not, then what what, what happened in 2016 and 2018 in the SBC with J.D. Greer and Steve Gaines is going to happen again. It's just going to happen in the year 2038 and in the year 2040. We're going to see the exact same things happening. Power struggles between millennial leaders in 30 years who are holding on to power in the exact same way boomers are holding on to power right now. That's what I got. That's not all I have, but I hope this has been helpful, and I hope it's not been too pointed toward baby boomers. And just if you're in that age group, just recognize you have generational sins. I'm 35. 
my goodness, my generation's got generational sins as well. But please, if you're an older pastor listening in, do everything you can to grow from this and to be like my friend Ron who sat across the table from me and said, I have so much to learn from you. Young leaders want to learn, will want to learn from you if you have a posture like that. If your posture is, hey, young buck, you need to learn everything you can from me. Well, okay. that Who wants to learn from a man like that? So let's have our identity tied to Christ and let's release some power and trust that Jesus has the power anyways and that he's going to continue to build his church. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.